0: What up, y'all? My name is Carl. And I'm Jake. And you're listening to Do You Even Live Bro? Men exercising social justice. Shout out to all of our listeners out there who are hearing us talk and then going to do some work. We deeply appreciate it, and we hope our advice works out to some degree. Today, Jake and I are going to talk about men and rejection. How are you doing,
1: Jake? I'm doing pretty well. It's the morning, so just getting my day started with an awesome podcast, so I <laughs> can't really complain. How about yourself?
0: Uh, I'm doing all right. I think the... I mean, this is a new season of Do You Even Lift, Bro? So I just think that the direction that we're going to be taking this, it, 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 I'm excited for the growth, right? I just, mm-hmm. we have a lot to talk about still. It feels like we did a ton of talking last semester, but um, there's just there's just so much to do. There's so much to talk about. So I'm excited to keep going. Yeah. One of those areas is this concept of rejection as it relates to masculinity. So why, why are we talking about rejection today, Jake? Uh, we're talking about
1: rejection because men reacting to rejection... You don't handle it very well. We uh, suck. We suck at it. Yeah. yeah. And so thinking about rejection is really important. Um, so I think this conversation really came about is when we we're talking with survivors and they talked a lot about rejection rage and having that be a big conversation to talk about with men was super important and awesome thing to uh, to learn about and something that's really crucial
0: to learning about masculinities. So we're going to couch this particular conversation in a specific context of men being rejected on some sort of relational level, we're probably going to default a lot to heteronormative frameworks here because when it comes to sexual violence, men perpetrate 98% of it and a huge majority of them are heterosexual men and that huge majority of victims of this are uh, identified as women. You're going to find that this particular podcast, when we talk about rejection, we're really talking about men who are being rejected by women, not like men being rejected for a job or which, you know, there's probably some parallels, mm-hmm. but that's not the focus that we're going to have today. Right. So how do we think men handle rejection today, Carl? Other than sh- yeah. Yeah. <clears throat> um, well, we'll be more descriptive than sh- right? Like one of the things that we have to address and change is that women that we've talked to feel a sense of fear when it comes to rejecting men, most men, some men, maybe most men. Um, we hear stories about like, I have to be really careful and really nice and really take care of his feelings when I'm trying to tell him no, when he's asking me out, for example. And part of the result of trying to be really nice about it is the dude doesn't get the message and so like continually asks over and over again or believes that him being nice warrants some sort of yes
1: and i think that comes from like this phrase that we commonly hear when doing interpersonal violence work of i was just being a nice guy yes good you're being a nice person but like that doesn't mean you earned anything or are entitled to anything if you think about or say out loud think about that more. Um, that's, I think a challenge for anyone
0: that identifies as a dude to think about. You shouldn't expect anything in return for being, for being nice. That's actually like the opposite of being nice. Right. And there's a lot of power there too. The other thing that we commonly hear about the way men handle rejection is there's like an undercurrent of anger in it. And we touched on this a little bit, but it's not necessarily don't be angry. It's why our... We angry that we want to talk about because yeah. I think getting to the root of how horribly we handle rejection, because since we've hear over and over from survivors that this fear of rejecting men is like a tool to control some of their behavior. Right. If there's a fear to just say no, then no wonder like that's evidence enough to me that we're living in a rape supportive culture. And so we really need to get to the root of why men feel a sense of anger, or entitlement when being rejected and maybe particularly being rejected for sex.
1: Right. The first thing that came to my mind when you said it's like, we shouldn't focus on anger, but how men react when angry. Um, Mm. And for me, like right now and the way I I've been really, Yes, I've been socialized to think these things for a very long time, but I think the fact that I've kind of learned and understand and grown from it is that my first thought was just like, get the f*** over it. (laughs) But then that's also like not acknowledging that anger is a real feeling. Right. I don't know. I think it's this thing of like, you need to know where your anger is coming from and is, is that even productive and also how harmful is it? And if it's not harmful, then you should be just going along with your day. I don't know. But yeah, I think, yeah, because stringing along anger and entitlement is just this huge concept that I think is important to talk about uh, when it comes to masculinities and how men have been socialized since birth that they're entitled to like anything and everything, anything and everything, even if they just try to be people yeah know? so
0: i do think this idea of entitlement is at sort of the very core of men feeling justified at being angry from being rejected i think we're trained early from birth as men and boys that we're entitled to women's bodies that Mm. women's bodies is for our consumption as men right and we think about the language that groups of men use to describe women or talk about women it's all about body parts it's all about i would totally hit that you know it's all about she's asking for it like there's A bunch of phrases in there that take the agency away from women to be like in control of their own bodies and gives that to the control of men when that's reinforced over and over again not just in your daily conversation with your boys but in pornography and other Mm -hmm. forms of media it unfortunately makes sense that that's a thought process that subconsciously goes through men's minds of like how dare you say no to me I basically own you or you owe me at least because I was a nice guy.
1: Yeah. I think even subtle ways of like you owe me or I'm entitled to that or even reinforced by other men too. It's like, why aren't you talking to her? Why don't you go talk to her? Um, Why did you stop talking to her? She said, no, that just doesn't mean like she actually wants to stop talking to you. I think like persistence and all that. Other stuff that I think deeply ingrained within masculine culture of like, oh, she said no, just try again. Women it's, don't know
0: what they want. Right? Yeah,
1: I don't know. It's just like this. I mean, I know, but this other subtle harmful ways of like showing entitlement and showing that you own women is super, super gross, but also <laughs> like fascinating to think about.
0: Yeah, we got to open our eyes to the little things, right? Mm-hmm. Um, often when we talk about bystander intervention, those are the moments that we need to start stepping up and intervening in is like when you hear things like I would totally hit that. That's a point of intervention. I'm mm. like, um, like you would punch her in the face. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. you mean sex? Well, were you going to ask? You know what I mean? Like, and you might get a look, you probably will get a look, but then that becomes an entry point to going further. Right. So I Mm -hmm. think those moments are really important. And you might find that it actually deepens the relationship between you and your boy a little bit. And that's good. Mm -hmm. Like, I think one of the cool ways to fight indirectly, this concept of men being coming angry when rejected is to develop more authentic relationships with people in general. If you don't treat women as something just to put your in and you build genuine friendships and relationships with people of all genders, then this idea of rejection will be much more normal and you won't, I think it mitigates feelings of entitlement Mm -hmm. because you recognize the humanity in people challenging misogyny or people who are behaving sexist can actually help bridge the gap into reducing men's anger as a form of control.
1: Yeah, and I think what you brought up was really good of even just having dialogue with close friends that are dudes or or your boys or bros or however you want to identify your friends that are, are dudes. I think we think about as men is like, oh, it's hard to be a bystander. It's like, is it though? Like, <laughs> right. <laughs> you're just not doing the work. And so I think if you can do it with your friends, you can do it with other people too. So like a tip is like, Start with your friends, start with people that you are comfortable with. And then if, if you feel confident, you could grow from that and then go out into the world and be like, someone said something up, I'm going to tell them that that was up and they will be okay about it.
0: So the reason why there's, well, I want us to feel like there's a, a big sense of urgency in this particular topic. We need to examine the way men handle rejection because there are lives on the line. On one end of the spectrum of of, or the continuum of harm is if a man gets rejected by a woman who maybe they were friends before or at least she considered them friends before, he gets rejected and never talks to her again. The harm caused to that woman of losing a friendship is relatively low. She's probably better off. (laughs) Yeah. Honestly. Yeah. But that's like on the lower end of the harm, right? It escalates to maybe in the moment the guy calls her a bit or whatever like that's more direct harm Mm -hmm. and then it goes all the way to the other end of the spectrum of women dying like women get killed when they reject men it's a very real reality that men will never ever ever have to face and it's something again a continuum of harm is something that we should like focus on every aspect of it. But if you need a reason to have a sense of urgency for addressing rejection in our lives, the lives of women is exactly the point where we need to think about it.
1: To say on Carl's point of like when we think about rejection, how it really harmful for women and people that don't identify as men, whether you're a gender, non-binary. So I think that is very a real truth of that women when they reject men there's violence, and we have an an incident that happened in our community uh, here at CSU in Fort Collins that a woman uh, died based off of uh, reject, rejection rage. Her name is Savannah, and she should she didn't have to go through that. And that, um, that violence should have never occurred. But we know that for a fact that that occurs, and so that is the way we should have this conversation of like rejection and entitlement and power all connect. And if you're listening and you deny that, I strongly suggest (laughs) re-listening to this whole goddamn podcast. Start start from episode Um, one. (laughs) Because if you ever are asking about evidence, just type in rejection rage. You'll come up with everything on google like yeah i, I, think, I don't know where i'm going <laughs> but like, i got passionate real quick
0: uh, <laughs> yeah savannah last semester killed by her ex and almost immediately after they, they broke up, that is unfortunately a very a common story of death, like men who are recently broken up or are rejected. And then we have access to guns and then we're taught in our entire lives that our only access to hurt feelings is anger. Then there's just a ton of death that happens with it. Right. I think Savannah was the sixth woman who was killed from a partner or ex-partner in Laramie County alone in the last year. That's a lot. Yeah. In this community, right? Like I think often we talk about violence and homicide and stuff like that as if it's something that happens out there. It happens here and it's just as important to have these conversations with your boys in this space as it is in any other space. The number one leading cause of death for pregnant women is their husbands or whoever the father of the baby is. Like that's ridiculous to think of how, how far a man willing to go just to deal with their anger i guess mm-hmm. and then a lot of these end up also in suicides so like we're not just appealing to your sense of humanity for someone else we're also appealing to our own safety and life a lot of these also end up being mass murders or multiple murders because the, the dude walks in and kills everyone around that family there's tons mm-hmm. of stories around that too and so like it's we talk about rejection we started at this like surface level we need to deal with our sh- The reality is it's directly connected to lives and like understanding how much violence is connected to the way men are rejected. And women see that, you know, women experience that in their lives all the time. There's a constant fear for that. And if you can remove yourself from the individual like, oh, I would never shoot someone because someone said no. We're not asking you to stop it. We're asking you to get involved in the process of making sure other men don't do that. We're talking about sort of a system wide fear for women to reject men out of fear for their own lives. And that's just unacceptable. Of course, that's going to limit their freedom for things that they want to do. We have to start interrupting and addressing that. So Carl and I
1: compiled a a list of ways to think about entitlement and rejection. And these are just some ways to kind of get started on that process of reacting better to it. You're not entitled to a reason why she said no. You're not entitled to be heard. You're not entitled to complimenting, hitting on, talking to every woman you see.
0: You're not entitled to consent. You're not entitled to a freaking job. You're not entitled to be educated by those with marginalized identities. You're not entitled to sex. You're not entitled to a date. You're not entitled to public freaking space. And you're not entitled to women's bodies. Word. I mean, that's a short list. Mm-hmm. Um, but that's something to get you started. There's, There's a
1: starting point. So if you're thinking like, so what? What's the point? If you're at that point, that's really good. I think what we can kind of sum up is take some tools, which we kind of read for y'all, ways to feel that you shouldn't be entitled to things. Because so I think if you're looking at I'm not entitled to blank Maybe it's very small of like, I'm not entitled to a job. Then you can kind of branch out from there. Also thinking about how violence is tied to entitlement and rejection and how power is rooted in all of that. I think that's really important, especially for those that identify as men to think about and how they show up, how, how that is perpetrated, how that's, oh, she friendzoned me or why didn't she say no? If you're thinking about the person that rejected you and it's their fault, you're not doing the work. And I'm not sorry for saying that. Um, <laughs> good. And we also have to think about that you're never entitled to the yes, and it's never a continuous process. So if you get a yes at one point, doesn't mean they will say yes in two minutes. I would think about that as well.
0: And those are very good, like self reflective pieces, right? I do think we've mentioned before how men's work. We have our work cut out for us. There's two avenues. We have to do self-reflective work, which I feel like we've provided. And we have to externalize some of that to create change in our spheres of influence. If one of your male buddies, if one of your boys is opening up to you and saying something about, I can't believe this person rejected me, or I'm having a really hard time getting to this person, view that as a point of them opening up to you. You know what I mean? And start talking about it. Be like, what do you mean? Like, how How are you feeling about it? And then as soon as they start blaming the other person, try to redirect that conversation back to self-reflection. Be like, what can you do better? Maybe it's just like the best thing is to let go. You know, there's nothing you can change about that person. So what can you change about yourself? That will be like self-improving. I do think redirecting someone else's anger into a self-reflective process is a good tool to mm-hmm. develop.
1: And I think it also reduces reduce harm in the future.
0: Word. Want to take us out?
1: Yep. So that will do it for this episode of Do You Even Live Bro? Men Exercising Social Justice. If you have any feedback, thoughts, comments, questions, or want to be interviewed for a podcast, please email WGAC at colostate.edu. That's WGAC at C-O-L-O-S-T-A-T-E.edu. Huge shout out to our partnership between the Women and Gender Advocacy Center and KCSU here at Colorado State University for allowing this podcast to happen. We deeply appreciate it. For more content about masculinities, check out meninthemovement.blogspot.com. And for more information about the WGAC, go to wgac.hollowstate.edu. For more KCSU content, go to kcsufm.com. Music production by Xavier Hadley, aka Zavley. Check him out at soundcloud.com slash Xavier Hadley. That's X-A-V-I-E-R-H-A-D-L-E-Y.
0: See ya. This is...
1: So that will do this yeah. <laughs> so that will do it for this episode of do you even lift bro I'm going to do that whole thing over let it, it. <laughs>